0: Your favorite boys are back again. The Trojansports.com podcast is on. We've got more commitments. We've got some recruiting updates, some team updates, and we go to the message board for fun and frivolity. The Trojansports.com podcast is on right now. The big brain behind Yahoo Sports.
1: Check out the big brain on bread Rivals.com. Why are you laughing
0: over there? Welcome to the Trojansports.com podcast. That kicks off. Thank you for the right right now. Right now. Right now. And back again boys, welcome in, I'm Chris Morales, your still special guest host. That's Adam J. Maya, beat reporter for TrojanSports.com and the publisher, Chris P. Swanson. Gentlemen, we're recording on a Monday evening because I was vacationing all the way through this afternoon, so thank you for accommodating me, thank you for being here on a Monday night. It's kind of weird looking outside our window here at the Yahoo Sports uh, headquarters and seeing nightfall. Pitch black. Pitch black. Yeah, it's a little scary. I don't know if
1: it's pitch black. No, it's but it pitch is. black. Oh, okay. There are no, no lights. No lights. We're in a horror movie right now. I think. I don't is, feel is Adam going to chop us or?
2: No, I don't feel no, safe no, no. being with you after like
0: 5:30 p.m. I couldn't imagine sticking a blade into you though. I mean, I wouldn't do that to you. That would hurt. I'd have to close my eyes and do it. I'd have to like make you turn around, like so
1: I don't <laughs> see your face. Like, do turn around. Come on. What about after some partying? Would no, I can hit you easily. I'd oh, be looking right in the eye when I, know I cut that. You. Right. I can I, tell there's a little I, tension no. between us. I happen to sexual tension or regular tension? Regular. Oh, okay. We're keeping it regular for the show, for the yes. podcast. I'm
2: yes. not I'm not superstitious or anything, but right. I happen to have watched stream part one, two, and four in the last like
1: one, four two, minutes. and four.
0: Not yeah, three. no three. It's no unwatchable. Three is oh, okay. unwatchable. But four is I've never seen four. That's kind of like four's is watchable, right? but three is not.
2: It, was, it, it might not have been, but uh, my wife hadn't seen it. Okay. Okay.
0: Yeah. Well, very good. Got, to, okay, got so it. Okay, so two more commitments to the USC Trojans. <laughs> Seven in two weeks, 16 for 2016. And let's talk about these two. CJ Pollard, who we met in Baltimore at the Rivals Five Star, nice fellow. He commits. And is that, any, is that a shock at all? I kind of that. I it's,
1: like the video. Yeah, yeah, Dave Barry did a great job. We appreciate Dave. And no, nobody was uh, surprised at all. CJ's dad obviously played at USC. You know, everybody has been kind of expecting him to go to USC. He's at you know, Sarah, the USC pipeline. They need safeties. He plays safety. He can also play a little corner though. We all thought CJ was coming. I think since he got that scholarship offer. I mean, UCLA I th- feel like didn't even recruit him because they just gave up early in the process.
2: I like him because I think he's a guy that will come in and help recruit more. Both, Actually, both these people, local guys, I feel like they're the kind of people that coming in on board early, they both were good enough and big enough names. They could have let that play out till January. Oh, yeah. They could have waited for an All-American game. But by getting on board in July, I feel like that strengthens their chances with different people who we might know and who we might not know yet. Mm-hmm.
1: I think I think that's a good point. Um, the thing I like too is uh, Trevon Sidney, with his addition is is he kinda kind of takes care of a couple different spots for them. And, and you know I like when they get a guy like that that you can move around. You know mm-hmm. he can play defensive back corner, but he's also that slot guy that they kind of need. You know after going through a cycle where they got some of those big outside receivers. Uh, so yeah, big weekend for them I'd say. Two guys that I think positions of need and really high quality prospects some guys that you know they they really needed to sign or they haven't signed yet obviously but they need to get commitments from
0: and you know it means a lot
1: because they're both four stars and we know yes. how you feel about the star rating the star arrival star matter. rating they matter not really. But um, the one thing I guess we should mention with these two, though, is that although they did commit early and they are probably going to recruit for USC and we expect them to sign with the USC and stay committed, Javon uh, Sidney said that he's going to take official visits, you know, very recently. CJ Pollard, I don't think, made that statement recently, but has said that in the past. They want to check out a few schools. So it's something to keep an eye on there. But, you know, Definitely with C.J. Pollard, I don't think he's going anywhere. I would, I would kind of be surprised if Trevon Sidney did as well. But Pollard, I feel like, is like the lock of all locks in this class.
2: And uh, we can't judge them. They should no. take their trips. Yes, dude, yes. If I'm 17 years old and five schools that I've never been to throughout the country are asking me to come and visit their campus, go to a game for the weekend – Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go. I mean, you should. I, I grew up wanting to go to USC, and I, I wasn't a you know a scholarship athlete, and I wasn't gonna play anything there. But at the same time, I would have loved to have visited a handful of schools on their dime. Yeah, and well, I would have done that. Even even had I been again looking to go to USC and play there, and in the position to do that,
1: I think of of course you should for a few reasons. I'll go down the whole my whole list here first of all is you know even if you want to commit to usc you don't know what else is out there you should see other schools how can you say i'm committed to usc is the best place for me if you haven't seen you know every other school in the country or at least a collection that you're interested in sure that, you know meets that criteria for you also if if a coaching staff is recruiting you hard enough that and they want you to visit and you have a relationship with them I feel like it's it's just the polite thing to do to say, yeah, you know what? I'll listen to the whole pitch, you know, I, and I'm not, you know, obviously don't visit every school, but the ones that you're, you know, really are after you listen to the whole pitch, see what they have to offer, see if it's right for you. And the last thing is free trips, man. Like, you know, when you're, when you're a kid and those, you know, visiting, if you get to visit Miami or, you know, one of these places that's kind of unique and, and, and worth checking out, that's an expensive trip down the line. If you ever get to take it again, yeah. So, it's just an experience. So, yeah, take the trips, and you know, if the kids decommit from USC after a trip, then they shouldn't have been committed anyway in the first place. It's not anything that USC fans should worry themselves with at all.
2: I think the majority of them, too, will find that where they committed, USC, is better. Yeah. And, and if it's not, then amen.
1: Yeah, but in, in if that's your first, you know, the first school you want to commit to, the gut feeling... They got feelings usually right. There's usually a reason, you know, why they're jumping on, on board at USC. For them, it's the local thing, the big football school. You know, there's a lot to like. Yeah.
0: Now, it appears Trayvon Sidney, according to the rival, she didn't even really go through any of the process. It was really just USC, right?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, he, he looked at different schools. He talked to different schools. He's going he's gonna to visit some. Right, but most uh, likely it's just sure. SC. Yeah. And I mean, he's going to stay with that.
0: Whereas Pollard, it was like uh, Michigan, Oregon,
1: and Utah were schools yeah. that he,
0: he, yeah. he showed a little more interest
1: to. Yeah, CJ uh, Pollard kind of went out. Uh, and Arizona in State,
0: s- excuse, me. excuse
1: me. Yeah, he went out during the summer and the spring and, and kind of started checking schools out a little bit earlier. Yeah. Um, you know, you have to have the financial means to do that, though, because you have to pay for those trips yourself. So, but good, you know, good for him. He actually did the process, you know, and that's something you should do. You should check out all of your options. I mean, you've got to pay for those on your own. I mean, you can never, you know, you never it'd be taken care
0: of for you or okay. helped up. Uh, oh, we get it. I know, I'm joking. We anyway, can. we move on. CJ would never do that. By no, like. he didn't need yeah. to. He has the means. That's true. So, CJ Palmer, Trayvon City, welcome in, commits for 2016. Uh, do we think now? I want to ask you, Chris Swanson. Do we think there's more still to come with commitments for 2016?
1: Uh, well, yes. So next for, week,
0: how many do you think it'll be? Well, I we don't just keep know. Going about up That's up. what
1: he meant. He meant like he around meant the corner. It, well, yeah. I mean, there's a couple guys. I'm thinking August really is when there. You know, it's going to take off. It's Tyler Vaughn's coming in, in August? Uh, David Long's going to commit in, in a in a few weeks, as we're going to talk about it in a minute. So there's guys that are you know are looking to pull the trigger, but this class is filling up and. You know, USC's got to find some room, I think. They might blue shirt. They might drop some guys. They're going to blue shirt. They're going to blue shirt. Adam, am I saying it? And we learned all about the blue shirt last week. I hope we did. every (laughs) week since the beginning of time,
0: it seems like. Well, let's get into the recruiting updates. You mentioned David Wong. Let's start there.
1: All right, let's start with David Wong. Yeah, I I caught up with him at the Battle of the Beach in Huntington Beach at Edison High School. Um, He told me he's going to commit in about four weeks. Currently has a top ten USC kind of snuck onto that list late because they offered him a scholarship late. Obviously, they're the local favorite. Um, you know, one of the local favorites, I should say, because UCLA has offer also offered him a scholarship. But the USC's kind of come back out of the, out of the grave, I guess you could say, because he kind of you know. Shut, shut it down with them just expected them to not offer him a scholarship but all really didn't really pay attention to them and now they've offered they're coming back he's visited campus before so I think USC has a shot uh, to me I think Stanford's probably the front runner because he really cares about academics Um, And they've been in it for a long time, but you know USC is that local school. They're just a few miles away, you know, from where he's playing high school right now. They need cornerbacks. Mm -hmm. It could happen. It's something to keep an eye on. I think it'd be a big pickup for them, too. David Long, he's an impressive, impressive athlete. Every time I've seen him, uh, four play, four star cornerback at Loyola.
2: You got to did you get to watch him at all at that?
1: Yeah, I mean he had a he had a. What stood out to me was I remember. he had a really impressive uh, interception. I want to say they're, they're playing uh, Jay Sarah. Okay. Uh, the one in San Juan Capistrano. Yeah. And I remember him having an impressive interception to, to finish a game that they won. He's a good player. I mean, he's one of those guys that I kind of said uh, the same thing, uh, you know, last week when they picked up uh, the commitment from Thomas Graham. But he's one of those guys that was like, oh, okay, SC, you know, they could offer this guy even though they hadn't. Mm-hmm. Usually you don't think that. Usually you get why they're being so picky and waiting and stuff. And, and he's he's a really good player, you know, athletic, uh, fast. I think he's got good sides for the corner position. He's not overly tall, but – you know, he's probably about six feet, 5'11", or something like that. Definitely a guy they could use in a smart kid. Um, the other thing uh, that they have going on there is uh, at Loyola, um, you know, they... they Loyola? <laughs> I kinda, said you it. You kind of rolled it there. I it was it. a little lazy. That's well, we, we talked earlier, and he had a really hard time no, with it. Well, I was tripping on it earlier. Thank you for bringing it up out of my pronunciation Loyola. issues. I got it. Thank you. Chris Brown, Christian... Loyola. Loyola. No, L-Loya, no. no L-Loya. L-Loya, Whatever. <laughs>
2: Oh, my wow, God! Thank busted, you. Just yeah, you no, know, me on the I'll podcast. I got a speech impediment.
1: I got, a, uh, I got away <laughs> with it, and then Adam's bringing it up. Thank you so much. But, uh, Chris, so tell us about Loyola.
0: Please okay. tell us about Chris it. Chris
1: Brown, Christian Rector, you know, they kind of got a little bit of a pipeline going there now. It seems like, you know, they kind of have an in there. Well, they're down so. the street. Yeah, they're down the street. Literally. But those kids usually don't come to SC. I mean, the football program hasn't really been there for a while, so that might be the case. Yeah. But – We'll see. I think they have a shot with him. Well, very good. Moving on to Tajon
0: Winsey. Yes. Four-star. Bishop Gorman, class of 2017. Yep. Wide receiver.
1: Yep. And who's he teammates with, Chris? From Alice, you know it. I know why, why you you're know like it?
0: quizzing me like I don't know. Of course, the greatness of Tate Martell. The greatness. I have I have his poster up in my room. I know you. I do. can't wait. For right him to next to USC the, uh, quarterback.
1: Right next to
0: uh, <laughs> the Stanford linebacker. Is that here? It's funny because Tate Martell last week I was uh, texting with our old friend Blair and Guo. <laughs> about some <laughs> our of, former friend. Some of Tate's te- uh, tweets. There's I guess a Miss Nevada or Miss High School Nevada or something. And anyway, oh she wow. tweeted out at one point. I look up to Tom and Giselle, and Tate Martell was retweeting and then responding to her like, well, you know, I mean, you know. (laughs) So he's got some game on Twitter, old Tate Martell. He does. So, is there a
1: chance to get Tate and Tajon lindsey Well, the, <laughs> no, this is the conspiracy thing that I'm about to throw at everybody right now. Okay, Tajon lindsey first let's go through the update. Um, he he said three schools are recruiting in the hardest, USC, Oregon, Washington. That's not an official top three yet. He's working towards the top five. We think USC's in great position to make that list. But I actually, and this is just from reading between the lines. Okay. okay. No, no information here. I don't think Tajon lindsey is going to USC. And I'll tell you why. You want to know why, yeah, Adam? I can I get... tell your face. You're really interested in this. Okay. <laughs> just, just First of all, this class, they're taking like, I don't know, 100 receivers, it seems like, right? with or without Michael Pittman being a receiver. They're taking yeah. a bunch. They got Trevon Sidney playing that slot F position, which is what Tyjon Lindsey plays. Lindsey talks a lot about how he wants to play as a freshman. He wants to play early. Well, in addition to this big class of receivers the year before, you know, mm-hmm. with Trevon Sidney there, this next class, they already have a commitment from a wide receiver. 2017. 2017 wide receiver, Amari Rodgers, to play that F slot position. And Amari Rodgers just happens to be the son of T. Martin. Now, if you want to play early as a freshman, are you going to come in in the same class with the kid of the coach and he plays your exact same position? Probably not. Probably not. So it might, it might happen anyway. And that position, mind you, is a little bit
2: confined it's not just receiver it's a slot receiver there's one of them yeah but
1: it's not just exactly you're coming in at receiver well, and they're going to play three receivers and then there's also okay there's there's that there's the fact that they're kind of stacked at slot even with a Jana harris's injury because you can stick a dory there steve you know steven mitchell's looking really good yeah um then there's the fact that they kind of got this other kind of running back position this kind of an athlete. I'm thinking about that. Yeah. But I'm thinking of Melky Stovall. He's going to play that position a little bit as well. mm -hmm. So you have extra competition.
2: Yeah. So eh. I I, I know that they all care about playing right away and I'm not saying I would be any different, but I appreciate the attitude of somebody like Michael Pittman who comes in and says, I want to go there and I just want to contribute and I'll be ready to play on special teams or wherever you need me to play.
1: Yeah, you appreciate that attitude.
2: Right? Because for a true freshman, an athlete, not like a lineman, your probability is that you're going to play on special teams. Yeah. That's no different for a linebacker to a defensive back to a receiver. The majority of them, if they don't redshirt, is to play on special teams, and occasionally play a little bit more than that.
1: Yeah, but you know, regardless of that fact, he wants to play early. No, and And we all want to play early. Yeah, but it looks like he might not even. You know, the depth chart even isn't even set up for him to play. You know, three no. years later. I mean, like, I'm not well, saying it'll prevent him from doing it. He might do it. He might be their best option. But it's not one of those situations where it's like, oh, we don't have slot receivers, like. Yeah. Which I'm sure he could find a situation like that. So you're saying most likely he's not going to come? I, no, I didn't say that. I'm just, this This is commentary, Chris. Okay,
0: I, will, I enjoy the commentary.
1: I'm just trying to define the I'm commentary. Ju-
0: okay. As the moderator of Our, this fine podcast, I'm trying right, to define right. the commentary. I'm
1: going to say that, in my opinion... I don't think he's coming. I could totally be wrong because he might be the most competitive guy. He likes USC a lot. You know, he hasn't said anything different than that. But I'm just saying. In something my that brain. we should
2: bring up, and we like Tajon, and it would be cool if he came to USC. People wonder if, you know, if they don't really recruit Tajon hard, can they get Kate Martel? Most of those package deals are a facade, and. This Bishop-Gorman team is not a neighborhood team. Kate Markell has been there for a year. So at the end of the day, if he wants to come to USC, he'll go there. And if Tyjohn's not coming, he'll still go there. He's not going to be tied to Yeah.
1: If they want him. If he comes. Who knows? They got another you know quarterback offer out there.
2: I'm just saying. I like, know. Taizong will not make or break whether they get Tate
1: Martel. Yeah, I just like to throw on that note because I feel like we somehow talk about Tate Martell every week. We, you know, we don't hate. And hey, not enough of uh, to uh, <laughs> can <you> do it? Tagler of Lovell. I can't do it. Tago Veloa Tago I
0: can't no. do it. Can you say, oh, oh I screwed it up. <laughs> see,
1: see, you can't even say <laughs> uh, it. Uh, oh, my pr- gosh. Uh, Enough
0: of the pronunciations. We continue with the recruiting updates. A man who I carried, uh, maybe a, a young man, I carried his bag in Baltimore with the Rivals Five Star so he could be on Yahoo Sports Radio. Wow. Greg Little. Yes. Number one in the state of Texas. Number one in his position, a five star from Allen, Texas. Yes. 6'5", 318 pounds, 2016 class. Is there? I mean, and he was on with uh, on the radio show with Jeff Ketchum, of course, the publisher of Orange Bloods, and Ketch wanted to get him on because it's almost he felt at the time a lock that he was going to go to Texas, but that apparently is not the case, and there's some hope
1: for SC, right? Well, there's a little hope for SC, but um, basically because today he decommitted from Texas A&M. That's why, you know. Excuse me, Texas A&M, you're yeah, right. we're, I apologize. Uh, it's okay. We're, uh, that's why we're talking about him. He decommitted. Uh, you know, we we got off, caught up with him in Baltimore. As you mentioned, you had him on radio. Um, I, I talked to him about USC. You know, he said he was thinking about a visit. Um, he's talked with Coach Bob Conley, USC's offensive line coach, a lot, obviously because Bob Conley was at Oklahoma State. They recruited that region hard. You know, they had a close connection. So there's a chance there. Uh, Little has some family out in Southern California. He said that there's been discussion of, you know, if we go visit our family in that area, we can turn it into a USC trip. But, you know, he's a guy in Texas. They have a lot of offensive linemen already. Is he a big priority? I mean, he's a big priority, but it just doesn't seem like a guy that, you know, they're really setting themselves up to get. But things can change. Obviously, he decommitted. I put a text out to him to see what his interest is. Waiting for a response. He didn't send you a selfie back? No, no selfie. But okay. to be fair, he decommitted today, so he probably got, I don't know, like six thousand, you know, phone calls or something. Do like you think that. he
0: responded to Courtney Rowland from Maggie uh, no,
1: because she's <laughs> she's writing for his I understand, that he'll but maybe she wanted a reason. Yeah, maybe he did. I don't I'm know. just trying to point out that maybe it's personal why he didn't respond to you. That's <laughs> what I really want to get at. Hey, hey, maybe he
2: remembered you. From yeah, he Baltimore. remembered
1: how weird I was. He remembered the beard, which is now gone. It, it is scared gone. him. You should so take a
2: selfie then and then there hey, you
1: like <laughs> hey, remember that me? Yeah, beard gone. <laughs> I see. It's gone. TikTok it's it's gone. UXC yeah. and other things. <laughs> Well, All there right. we go. That All got
0: right. weird quickly. It's okay. It always gets uncomfortable. Everyone bit. enjoys that. How about the bit. running
1: back position at USC? How is USC recruiting there? Well, this this class is a little interesting. Um, and this is something we talked about that's a, a little bit. great question, by the way. I think it's it, an amazing question. I think it is. The fact that I came up with that. <laughs> <laughs> Best question you've ever come up that's with. That's why I'm a USC. great moderator. It's I why you guys that, have me on. <laughs> that's why we do have you on. Okay, so... Uh, This 2016 class, uh, obviously, they have Melky Stovall, who's a guy that that Rivals.com has rated as a running back, but he's also an athlete, uh, can move out in the slot, as we mentioned a little while ago. And they're
2: going to look at him on defense.
1: Yeah, and they're going to look at him on defense. um, But he's kind of playing that that running back position that Dom Davis is playing, when we're talking about him on the offensive side of the ball, of course, where he's moving all around. You know, He's not really that true tailback.
2: Not in every-down back.
1: Yeah. Um, USC, you know, they have that in 2017 with Stephen Carr, it looks like, if, yeah. if he keeps his commitment. So, you know, what are they doing here right now? You know, are because they brought in three guys. I guess, you know, Dom Davis isn't really that true back, so maybe two, maybe one and a half, because I don't know how you kind of – how do you classify Akis Cedric Ware yet? He's yeah. a tailback. He's a full-time but can he, he can kind of move a little bit. now. I think he's more traditional. Okay, more yeah. traditional. So, you know – is SC going to get somebody else like that? What's That's the real deal? Uh huh. I see, and I get to talk about Evander Holyfield again, which I love in the podcast two weeks in a row. Um, Elijah Holyfield has USC in his top ten. Told us that he wants to visit, hopefully before the season, and then he, you know, after he visits USC, he would make his top five, which would be the five official visits. You know, he also said though that. If he doesn't, you know, make it to USC before the, the end of the summer, they could get a visit after that. So he seems, said that they're getting one. At yeah, some point or another. Yeah. So, um, seems like USC's really in it for him. Mm-hmm. You know, they they're a school he's considering. Um, it seems like he might be their best chance to get that guy, unless they, you know, offer a Devon Peneman or or you know uh, Romello Harris or some mm-hmm. you know some of these other guys that uh, that they've been talking to. Um, But, you know, do we think he's going to leave the South? Well... No. <laughs> let's not look at it that way. Okay.
2: He's a dark horse candidate. He's a dark horse. a dark horse he has like, candidate.
1: Yeah, yeah. But he does have, like, 15 brothers or sisters, you know. Well, exactly not going to with anything. Well, I just... You know, he's got a big family. it. You know, USC's gonna have it to makes impress it easier him on this. Then maybe that's the that's the case. Um, <laughs> I love where that's going. Uh, so yeah, they obviously Elijah Holyfield, that's the guy they're looking at. Kareem Walker, the Ohio State Commit. He told me back in Baltimore that he wants to officially visit USC, so that's kind of another guy, more traditional running back that they could kind of, you know, pull off and get a commit from. But, you know, if they don't get those two, what do you think? Where do you think well, they need one? Yeah, I was
2: about to ask you that. I mean They brought in three. Yeah. And I believe that at least two of them are going to be your more traditional back. Dominic Davis is another thing that we'll get to in a minute. But I really like him. But I don't even, I almost don't want to call him a running back. So if they have two and they're going to bring in Melchis, but if Melchis is really, again, more in the mold of Dominic Davis, then. I'd like to get one more. Yeah. I think you want to bring in one more. Because I think there's a real chance that Justin gave us to leave. If he has that, that breakout year.
1: But what about next year? Because I know they have Carr. Najee Harris is committed to Alabama. But he visited for Rising Stars camp. Yeah, I mean, obviously it, we're still interest. a long
2: way out on 2017.
1: Yeah. But I'm j- okay, this, I guess this is how my what? question ties okay, in. Okay, go. Is, if you miss on Elijah Holyfield, mm-hmm. which is... L- Likely, I would say. Yeah,
2: you're not expecting him to come.
1: Uh, And you miss on Kareem Walker, which is obviously likely because he's committed to Ohio State. Do you offer a guy? Do you reach, you know, a little bit and take a guy? Do you think they need one that badly, or do you wait? Uh, Well, it really kind of depends
2: on what happens with Justin Davis. You already know that Trey's leaving. So you're
1: waiting to see what he does, is what you're saying. Yeah, I
2: mean, you need to have four to five reliable running backs. Yeah, I agree. available.
1: I agree. And you're gonna you're gonna
2: run at least three of them regularly.
1: Yeah, and especially too with what they're doing now, where they have the smaller guys, they get beat up a little bit more. You know, not because they're running between the tackles, but just because they're smaller. That, well,
2: they're not really using anybody for thirty carries. I mean, that's well, last over. year they did. No, but no, Buck didn't even do that. Oh. I mean, he he ran you know eighty percent of the time that they ran, yeah. but no one runs thirty times a game.
1: Yeah, I, well, that's my point. He had a couple games need...
2: like that, but he didn't yeah. do
1: that every game. Well, my point is they want the rotation. They do. Yeah.
2: So I think that if Justin Davis is leaving, then they would be, you know, better served to bring in one more guy. And
1: Gotta let's leave. talk
0: about that because you mentioned that, Swanee. I think I'm going to start calling you Swanny. Okay. I like that. That was actually my grandfather's nickname. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay, So, uh, Swanee, uh, you mentioned <laughs> you know, about know how they use running backs. So let's yeah. talk about how the position is evolving a little bit for USC and how they're using it a little, Gosh, maybe a little different than the – trick. question. Amazing question. You're really paying attention now. I am, actually, for a change. Yeah. Wow. I got that extra envelope you left me what? on my desk. <laughs> I appreciate it. You're
1: paying him? <laughs> I didn't know I was paying him. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, let's talk about it. We mentioned it a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Stove Some of these other guys we talking about. Seems to me like, well, first of all, USC in general, I think, kind of leaning towards the fast guy now, even if it's the traditional guy. They they kind of like speed. But, uh, you know, USC of old, they had the traditional pro-style offense. I think there was a position that kind of existed, this kind of like hybrid slot, you know, running back, sort of just all-around athlete guy that USC didn't really touch before because they're like, we don't have a spot for this guy, you know, we don't. Like Anthony
2: Thomas? Yeah. Who was a very good college football player, and USC obviously could have used him.
1: Yeah, and they but wanted yet, him, yeah.
2: But yet, I don't know how they would have used him. Exactly. Because they weren't really
1: using anybody like that. Perfect, perfect example. It's like, imagine them trying to use a milky Stovall in P. Carroll's offense. It just doesn't really compute. Where Even you, in Kiffens. yeah, we're in. Well, yeah, because there's kind of a continuation. Where do you put him? You know, like there's not really a position that exists for him. So I kind of like how how Steve Sarkeesian has just said, you know, we'll recruit those guys too. We're yeah. gonna we're gonna incorporate that position into the offense. Now, maybe it's at the expense of a fullback. Well, they're, you know? they're done with fullbacks. Yeah. I mean,
2: they have two that are seniors. Yeah, they and they're
1: should barely involved. I know. I feel bad.
2: I do. I feel bad. Man. I feel
1: bad for they've them. worked
2: hard and they've been there yeah. a long time, but their position is now extinct. Yep. They're not recruiting any fullbacks. I mean, nothing. No. Look at that Gap chart and the uh, the scholarship distribution chart, and yeah. look at fullback. Yep. And, and look at their freshman, sophomore, and junior fullbacks.
1: Zero. They don't have any. Yep. Uh, so, but I, I kind of I like this. And I kind of don't like it at the same time. Not like, uh, well. Okay, just just, just hear me like out. Like it or don't like it. Well, I like it, but I don't like it, and then I'll explain. Swanee's going to explain. I'm going to explain. That's what I do. Okay, I like it because I think football's moving towards the spread. I think that these kinds of athletes exist uh, in California, and you know, large amounts. It's it's a position you know that California produces, and USC's trying to kind of stay with the trend. So I like that. But what I don't like is I'm a Smash Mouth you know, run it down their throat, football kind of guy. Those are the games I watch. I miss the fullback, you know, I miss the four, <laughs> three defense and, you know, draw, having Taylor Mays basically line up as a linebacker. And yeah, I miss those days. So it's sad. They'll be back. They'll be back in like
2: 13 years.
1: <laughs> okay. It's, it's just runs in cycles, yeah. right? Okay. I'm happy now. I'm fine. You'll be okay. like
2: 25. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no And will be
1: back <laughs> uh, Well, mentally I'll be like 16 Yeah, he's going in reverse Okay No, not mentally Mentally I'm still not at 16 Oh, you're still not at 16 No Okay, there we go
0: Okay Somebody who is mentally at 16 Adam J. Maya Or hopefully I think 26 I'd give you
1: What? No I was really trying to do 26. a segue 26 26 is a little high Okay uh,
0: Are we ready for the bumper sticker award? Yeah we I'm ready Cue the horn And we play the bumper sticker Adam J. Maya music Go ahead Who is okay. it this week?
2: Alright, I'm giving the uh, the Trojan of the Week Bumper Sticker Award to Avery Huffman. I mentioned her last week, and she is the daughter of Brandon Huffman, who is actually the National Director of Recruiting for Scout, and that's okay. And, uh, but, uh, but Avery, um, if you don't know, recently was diagnosed with a. Uh, cancerous brain tumor and she's six years old and again a very tragic situation going on for the Huffman family and yet they are pulling through and it's been an amazing movement that has really transpired there are thousands of people that are getting involved uh, with them and they've actually raised close to $180,000 oh my gosh in the last couple weeks that's their goal, and so if you'd like to make a donation to the sweetest girl in the world, you go to gofundme.com dot com backslash Avery A V E R Y Huffman. And what I also would encourage you to do, which I've been doing, is reading this journal that Brandon has been writing, and uh, it's just an amazing, awesome display. Of, of faith and, I mean, just family and love and, and just so many things. I mean, we we I love movies. We watch movies and we kind of want to see things that we almost don't believe are real. And you're reading this and you know it's real and yet it's still incredible. It's beyond belief, beyond anything that could be written or be in a movie. And so... I've been reading that journal, a very inspiring story about the family and how really a lot of people have gotten involved, I mean, from Richard Sherman to Jim Mora in UCLA to Candace Cameron. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, DJ Tanner.
0: Yes, from Full House.
2: Yeah. And so, again, it really has become a movement and a lot of people rallying behind this brave young girl. And so, that journal, you can... You can pick up on it on, on Brandon's Twitter account, but the the URL I'll, just, I'll drop it right here real quick: caringbridge.org backslash visit backslash Avery Huffman backslash journal. And uh, if you if you want to if you want to see you know something something that'll blow your mind, read these journals. Uh, get in touch with, with Avery's story. And as I mentioned last week. All they're asking for are prayers, and uh, it seems like uh, a lot of people are, are rallying together to, I guess, be part of a miracle in, in her life. And so she's our Trojan of the Week bumper sticker award winner.
0: And of course, uh, her dad, at Brandon Huffman on Twitter, H-U-F-F-M-A-N. That way you can get the, uh, the journal link and then also follow Brandon and also donate to, uh, to hashtag Avery Strong. Very right. really nice. Once again. Uh, beautiful, as always, Adam. Coming up, we uh, get some updates on some specific players. What's in a watch list? That's the question we're going to ask. And we go to the questions from the message board. All ahead, the TrojanSports.com podcast. Hey, it's the QB, Sean Salisbury, and you're listening to the Trojan Sports Podcast right here on the home for everything USC. Everything USC. Trojansports.com. You're listening to the Trojan Sports Podcast on Trojansports.com. Power, rivals. rivals. the Trojansports.com podcast and if you could change the world out of Maya well you, you change the world you change our world you've changed my world by He's, coming into it It definitely and changes my I world I believe you I and now I've you changed either. your world by recording a podcast after dark which we're doing here on a Monday evening Trojans a little after 9pm in Southern California after yeah. dark we're gonna start swearing and go, start I can go topless if you want let <laughs> do, <laughs> do it Speaking of uh, topless and watching, how about a watch list? A lot of watch lists out there. And what's in a watch list? We asked that question, and I pose that question to you both. Nothing.
1: No, yeah, no, really. Like like other things that we have said on this podcast don't matter. Watch lists do not matter. And I think I've kind of figured out the formula for how they put these things together. They have somebody go through all the big-name schools, all the Notre Dames, the Alabamas, Ohio States, USC's, and they look for that guy that's that they feel like has is going to get the job, is going to just be there, You know, whether he's a starter that's been there for a while, or he's just a guy that used to be a four-star recruit and there's no one around him, they just say oh, you know, there's nobody else at that position, well he'll get every ball thrown to him, he'll get every carry he'll make every tackle, he's going to be high up on all these award lists, and that's why he's on our watch list but it goes further than that and you can't take it further if you're a watch list, because there's so many schools to look at, you know It's just like how we don't know things about Notre Dame, you know? Yeah. You get it. Yeah, I mean,
2: they're very national, and it's done by national reporters. So they're not very accurate. What I don't like about them is that people kind of work off them. They they, they start there a bit like rankings, where if you're already on that watch list, and then you have a good year, it's like that confirmation bias that creeps yes. in. And th- we're going to put that player in an even smaller group before they even make that cut. I mean, they're going to make the, the, the halfway cut or whatever they do with these lists. But like, you're elevating certain people because they were there from day one, and then people that weren't on the radar who might be outperforming the people that you already knew about have to make up ground.
1: Yeah, it's silly.
2: I Okay, I hate to to go here, but, but we're
1: going to. Okay, <laughs> we're gonna go here. The
2: the lot impact trophy award, a newer award. Mm-hmm. Recently, when they released their their watch list, they included Sula Cravens, who belongs on every watch list, but they put him at
1: safety. Yeah, which he's not. Yeah, they're just not paying attention, close enough attention to every school to know. Yeah, you know, He switched positions. Well,
2: he didn't switch in the spring. He's been playing linebacker.
1: Yeah. He played linebacker all last year. No, I know. I'm just saying they're not paying. Yeah. Enough attention. Like he was a safety at one point. That's what they're remembering. You know when, that.
2: And Sua so even was a All-Conference defensive back. Yeah. <laughs> After he had played linebacker. Yeah. I, I'm talking about last year, not his freshman year. Yeah. So, even those lists are shady
1: yeah no they just they, they're they you know they don't follow the programs enough like like the reason the sue cravens ended up on all these lists as a defensive back is he was a defensive back at one point mm-hmm. everybody got used to him as a defensive back he made a name there yeah and and they moved him and nobody bothered to move him you know in their <laughs> mind well they just copied yeah. and pasted it. like exactly. oh let's take
2: him from the other list and put him here and never mind that he doesn't play safety anymore.
1: Yeah. We so, got we got some other watch lists well, to look at too, right?
2: They One came out today for the Thorpe Award, and it did not include Kevon Seymour.
1: Yeah. he's might be their best cornerback.
2: He's the most underrated player in the team for sure.
1: Yeah. I oh, guess, I'd say in the Pac-12. I
2: guess by people that aren't covering the team, I don't think that the majority of us that are there every day – don't think that he's very good and no. potentially great.
1: Well what I think the problem is is that when you play a position like cornerback, is that, you know, you play your job, you go unnoticed. You know, if you're doing great, you're unnoticed. They're not throwing the ball your way. You're just, you know, taking a guy out of the play. And then, you know, Kevon Seymour makes one mistake all season last year yeah, at Arizona made a, game. Made a huge one. And it's, you know, primetime television on the West Coast and that's what everybody's going to be focused on. They're going to think, oh, Kevon Seymour, he's the guy, he's the reason they lost to Arizona State. That's not fair. You well, know, that's not even weird. true. No, it isn't. It isn't. But, the, you know, the, yeah. that blame is placed on him. Well, he he's, he's he's had a, a very great good year,
2: especially in light of what happened with Josh Shaw. He was a a team MVP, in my opinion. He helped stabilize that defensive backfield with Shaw not being there, with Sula not being there, with Adori learning as he was going. Yeah. Adori didn't start until later in October. Yeah, and
1: Adori wasn't Adori until later, too. Yeah.
2: So, Adori's on that watch list, which I think he should be, but Keebon's not. And Keebon is a guy that I expect to be all-conference, yeah, and uh, I think a viable candidate could be an All-American, but he's not on his watch list. It's going to take like seven picks for him to be an All-American, whereas with the next guy, it would take three or four if they were already an all-conference guy or what have you Mm -hmm. going into the year.
1: But USC benefits from these watch lists not being really up on things, too. It's not just you know, oh, um, they forgot Kevon Seymour, they put Sue Cravens, you know, at the wrong position. I remember in years past, uh, Kevin Graff was a, was on the watch list for, like, all-conference, uh, you know, offensive line or something like that. And he was probably, you know, their fourth-best offensive lineman that year. You know, there are things like that that happened, and I think we've had some more recent examples, too.
2: And how, how does that benefit, them?
1: Well, it... it I mean they benefit from it in the sense that their name gets a player on that li- I know it doesn't necessarily benefit oh, cuz the player will get right, eliminated right, right. but you know just the fact that they're USC you know you yeah. see more players from their roster on the list just because of that fact so watch list I mean the old
0: Peter Griffin bit from Family Guy it really grinds your gears He's yeah. watch list. Really seems to annoy you. It fires you up Adamaya.
1: Yeah, can that be my bit? He has the bumper sticker war. Can I get grind your gears as a As long man? as we don't get sued by Seth McFarlane I think we're fine. Okay, I don't think I'll we talk will. to Seth.
0: I honestly don't think. Yeah, we Yeah, I'll give him a call. I think we might be able to. Stick. I haven't
2: been sued by the PTA for <laughs> stealing their bumper sticker <laughs> of the month.
1: Just I don't know. Expecting a big donation sometime. In the is that just the PTA
0: that does that? I have a feeling maybe there's maybe bumper sticker several bumper sticker awards. No, out only there. only PTA. Okay. I don't know. I, Where do I, we go from there? Uh, in so the dead watch. Air. In yes. Dead air. So the watch list does grind your gears, and they're meaningless, is what we're saying.
1: They are. Okay. Yeah, ignore them. Ignore them. Don't even ask us about them. You know what? I'll never post another thought about them. <laughs> there is the worthwhile
2: as rankings.
1: Yes. Well, in September. Yeah. It's just something for fun. It's something for football fans to get excited, you know, about football because for you guys, there's it's a break. It's lazy. It's very lazy. It's lazy. Yeah.
2: If I'm going to go look at that list and then I'm going to preview an opponent and, oh, they have so and so on the watch list. Yeah. So he's good.
1: Yep. Well, they're going to be surprised, you know. If few of those guys that they're saying are good ain't so good every year from what I've seen. Yeah. So. Well, there we go. There we go. Talk How to about the beat somebody?
0: writers. What now? Talk to the beat writers. Would you consider yourself an official beat writer? Yeah. Okay. Yeah,
2: there he, we he is.
1: Do you have like a certificate that says I'm a beat writer? <laughs> no, you, no, I'm just kidding. I, I gave a, him one, printed it out. It's framed.
2: Yeah, I framed like it. Like a
1: diploma. <laughs> That joke went nowhere. <laughs> it did. It didn't go. We were better there with grinding no our joke. ears. There was no joke there. I'm just okay. saying words How about now. some
0: uh, player updates, some team updates? Why we not? like that? Why yeah. not? I'm just going to pull out a random name to just start play with. Play Let's start with Javari Ruffin. You always get it right. <laughs> God, you're on fire, man. I am on fire. I, I think this whole After Dark thing is working for me.
1: <laughs> Great. We should do it every week. We I can like get it. a cocktail sponsor. We yeah. could. You know? I'm still working on that sponsor. We could pour You know, whatever we need to pour in here. What, a fireball? I like it. I like it. And the traffic is so much better on the way back after some fireball. Traffic will be well, fine. Well, we don't want
0: to condone uh, <sighs> driving and drinking. No, so. no. No, no. Don't okay. do that, kids. What's
1: a fireball? It's a cinnamon it's like a whiskey. whiskey. Yeah, well, it's, it's
0: actually uh, It's not that costly, and it will get you pretty messed up.
1: Yeah. Okay. That's uh, Sorry, that's, rough that's the benefits. Adam she doesn't Barry seem like you guy that He's not much. a drinker. No, he doesn't He He's just heroin all day.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, no heroin joke? Why, that joke? Like, when,
1: that's not a when joke. Wayne's got like a good joke. There's never a joke. Yeah, Heroin's not a heroin. good joke,
0: but uh, Chris P. Swanson, you seem like you fall asleep with a bottle of Jameson next to you every night. Uh, a sad bottle of Jameson. Maybe a little no. country music playing in the background? No, that's no. not me at all, but we're not going to
1: talk about my habits. No, now we are. Okay. Okay.
2: <laughs> I'm guessing Jack Daniels, because when I got the job, I was given a gift, a, uh, what what
0: do you call them?
1: a single barrel.
0: Single barrel. uh, Oh. Jack. Oh, very nice. I actually had some of that over the weekend. It was very good. I had it with a cigar. Well, if you come over, you can have a single barrel full. Yeah, Yeah, but I feel like in your home, and this isn't a bad thing, but I'll be the only one drinking. Yes. That's probably true. (laughs) Yeah. So, I don't know. That, that makes me feel uncomfortable. Like, when I go to somebody's home and then I'm the only right, one drinking, right. now I'm lighting up a cigar, Is that too? why no one hung out with me in college? I don't know. I mean, are you just not much of a drinker? No, I'm not. Okay. Have have you, you, do you not drink at all?
2: No.
0: Have you ever had a drink? Yeah. Okay. you just don't like it?
2: Yeah. Uh, I have many reasons. Okay. That's Okay.
1: Uh, he has other habits, as we touched uh, on Yeah, heroin, <laughs> apparently.
0: All right, <laughs> <laughs> so Jabari Ruffin.
2: Does <laughs> not really go well
1: with heroin? Ugly <laughs> <laughs> no, enough. It really doesn't, actually. That's yeah. a good point. So he knows what he's talking about. It's like they're working against each other. <laughs> you got
2: me all tied in now, right? Jabari Ruffin. Jabari Ruffin. We it. talked to him.
1: We did. did we? <laughs> go ahead. I'll we talked it. to him together, didn't we? Yeah. Playing a new position. I mean, it's not – I wouldn't say it's new. Like, we kind of expected It's in Sue kind of locked down. Yeah, but down. he hasn't played it yet. Sam, but no, he hasn't played it. He'll be playing Rush End. Rush End. Makes sense because Sue Cravens and Jabari Ruffin should be their two best outside linebackers. You know, I don't think those positions are different enough where, you know, you have to, like, maybe put him and Sue at the same spot. You know, you can mix it up. Um, they oh, look, he's a bigger guy. He is a bigger guy. but I they like had him, him at Rush End. Yeah, but they had him at Sam. Before and and that made sense too, you know. um, Mm -hmm. But I just, you know, Sue has that spot locked down. Sue is more of the defensive back, kind of like hybrid. I know he's kind of grown into more of a linebacker, but that's kind of what you want out of a Sam. You want to be a little bit of both, I think. And Jabari seems a little bit more of the defensive end type.
2: Yeah, he has the build for it, but I think they're looking for more from that spot. Yes, they need to replace Jr. Kavai scott felix will get a look there i think that he'll play and he'll be competing as well but you have to remember sue is kind of playing a another position in which doesn't even have like a definitive label right now we can call it strong side linebacker but it's more of like a rover where he literally will line up on the line and he'll be a you know like a stand-up rusher. He will be a defensive back, and he'll line up in the slot and defend a receiver one-on-one. He'll play a little bit of safety. He'll play probably a little bit of inside linebacker. He did do that throughout the year. And so Jabari, you give him another position, and then you're able to use him in two different spots. Yeah. And so I like that. I like what what they're doing here because if Port Augustine – you know, is as good as we think he can be. Yeah. Then maybe he becomes your Russian, and then Jabari's more of your your strong side linebacker. And like I mentioned, Sue's going to be on the field, or he better be on the field. <laughs> they had a pension for taking him out early in the year last year, which uh,
1: did not make you grinding happy. my
2: gears. <laughs> hey. There you go,
1: hey. Oh, you but, got it. But right. uh,
2: yeah, so I, I like this move for Jabari. I think that. They want to get their best 11 on the field, and yeah. he's a part of that.
1: Oh, yeah. Right, I right think, now. I think so. I think that if he was healthy last year, that defensive front. Well, would he would
2: have been, started, and school yeah. would not have
1: moved. Yeah. Okay, so the whole defense probably would have been way different then. But I was mm-hmm. just that defensive front, I think, would have been much more aggressive. I think the pass rush would have been much more effective if Jabari had played. Uh, Jabari Ruffin, so... We're expecting that next year. If he, you know, if he does come all the way back, he says he's 100% healthy. He said he's been healthy for about three
2: months. Yeah, He was cleared a few weeks ago, but he's been healthy for a while, which is a big deal sometimes when people are just getting healthy right now. It takes them a while to get back, which segues into our next guy. Chad Wheeler. Chad Wheeler, who is ahead of schedule. He's still getting healthy. He has not been cleared for full contact. But to see him in these workouts already cutting and already taking reps with the team, I have a feeling that he might be ready for the opener.
1: I think he could be too. He looks, he looks health, healthy-ish out there, I want to say. you know, I yeah. don't want to go too far, but he doesn't look like a guy that's really you know, behind schedule. You know, you like to see that when they're out there participating with the team. I also said this about Chad Wheeler. I think he's the player that's gonna determine whether or not this season is a strong season or an average season. I think he's that X factor.
2: Number
0: one your number one X factor. Number
1: one X factor. Okay. If he's not healthy, if he's not playing, that offensive line is completely different. They're yeah, not they, I agree with they that. Will, part. I think that they will kind of be ineffective in a way they're going to have if he's not there they have to scramble to find a guy to play a role a position that maybe you know they're not built to play really he's their only left tackle that's kind of the point i'm making i guess but yeah big yeah. deal big he's deal like kill left tackle yeah i think max turk would be the next guy right, right? And, and, he, and he's not going to play there no and they probably don't want him to play they probably wouldn't even move him there you know yeah i mean we so what's the update Turk. on Max Turk?
2: We should talk about Turk. Man, you were on it.
0: Well, he mentioned it, so I've said well, why not?" Just
2: Yeah. Just jumping right there. So I talked to Turk, and he reminded me that he found out that he would be playing center like about a year ago from now. Yeah. He was not physically prepared to do that because you can't just, you know, move from one yeah. line of position to another back symbiotically. On, the, on a whim, and I think it's going to be a big deal to have him not only have played a year of center, but just physically invested in that position. He is up to about 295, and he said that he played as low as, I think, 265 wow. during the year last year.
1: Wow. That's like a high school offensive guard right? or something that's I mean, really
2: not in modern day but yeah yeah no but the
1: like a, at a regular Alhambra school. high school maybe or, Loyola oh yeah that one not <laughs> <laughs> well what about the school I said not you know that one. they don't even no not Alhambra the <laughs> the other La the mispronounced the, one La Jolla whatever you know what I mean I'm saying they have bad I, offensive linemen that's school okay. I was talking
2: about going at Chris Brown Langer?
1: no how about Chris Hawkins Wait,
2: let's, well, well, let's talk about Turk. I, I, I thought we I, did. We didn't. I know you're excited. I was
1: getting, I was going on a rant. He wanted to cut me off to keep yeah. this thing moving. I get it. Okay. We'll but, get to Crest Hawkins. Well, no, go
0: ahead with Turk. Quick, Real quick. quick on Turk. Yes. um I mean, this is what grinds my gears is when I, you know, I have to go backwards for yeah. my rundown. I, yeah, I, 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 pre- I prep all day long <laughs> on my rundown. No, finish up on Turk.
2: Well, so Turk is going to be playing center, and... I think that you alluded to, you know, Wheeler being their, their best left tackle. I think that with Turkic center, they really have the pieces here, especially with Gaming at guard and then presumably KoA at guard and then Biani also at guard, which is fine. I think they can be special. Yeah. This offensive line.
1: I think they're growing towards that. Yeah. It's just that if something happens to Wheeler, I think it gets derailed
2: right. quickly. Right. I mean, Banger was a
1: rookie. Yeah. So, you expect to jump? Yeah. I think there's a couple other pe- I mean, like some of the guys like Chris Brown, he looks I mean, I know it's there's no pads and we can't really tell, but you know, if you had to throw him into action just by looking at him, you're not that nervous. Or, and Nico Fala, I think, has been he's improving. Ready, yeah, and Fala
2: he, is ready to back up either at center or left tackle.
1: Yeah. So I, I think that some of these other pieces were before it was like, oh, these are just their young, hopeless, you know, offensive linemen that need to learn. Those pieces are starting to, to grow, and now yeah. they have some depth.
2: Well, you think that Wheeler kind of makes or breaks yes. how great they'll be? Yes. And I, I actually agree with you. Yeah. I, I don't think that about a lot of different people on the team. Nope. I think like when George Farmer left, you know, I did not think that that would derail them, even though I thought that he could be productive and yeah. they don't have a lot of proven players at receiver. But with Chad Wheeler, I think that, I mentioned, I think the week before or a few weeks ago, I picked Trey Madden as the number one X factor for the offense, but Wheeler would be a close second for me. And so it's good to see him there. It's good to see Kirk. Prepared to play center and physically mature. They're yeah. they're in a good place right now. I think so on, on the offensive line.
1: Yeah, I think on offense in general. You yeah, know, they. I mean, there's some. You know, they gotta. They have some young running backs. that kind of got to figure that out. They got to plug that hole at tight end. Although it seems yeah. like it's moving in that direction. Now we get to Chris Hawkins. And the update on him, please. Yeah, Chris Hawkins,
0: you talked to him, Adam, didn't you? I did. I'm going to say, not because I talked to him,
2: I'm going to say that he will be their starting safety for the opener.
1: I think that's a fair prediction. Um, You know, Leon McQuay a little bit inconsistent. Uh, Marvell Tell, I don't think, is a guy that starts right away as a freshman. You know, Akili Ross, maybe, but maybe he's uh, also a receiver. Which is hard. Yeah. For
2: for escaping you can start early. Plattenberg, who they rave about his intelligence, he did not start the opener. He no. did not
1: start for a while. No, He, he might start. have felt
2: like he was starting the majority of the year, but he actually yeah. wasn't.
1: Yeah, I think you're right on with Hawkins. I think it's Hawkins and Plattenberg. Because game Hawkins one. knows what he's doing. He's
2: a he, very he can, smart player. Yeah, you, you trust him to execute the game plan. You're going to have improved
1: play at cornerback. Yes, They're going to be very good at cornerback.
2: Yeah, they're going to be great, I think. And so I just have a feeling that we're going to see probably one of their most confident players on the team start the opener at safety. Um, We should tell the story about what happened the week before with all the trash talking. Okay. What
1: part (laughs) of that story? The uh, PG part?
2: Well... It's funny. I wanted to tell people because I know people like to hear this stuff. But what happened? A got frustrated with Juju because Juju had run a short route, and so A like, "Come on, you know, like challenge me. You know, try to try to try to make a completion on me downfield." And and Juju snapped back, like, "I caught it," you know trying to tell Adori basically shut up I caught it you know defend me and so they were going back and forth and it was a bit unusual and it carried on for a little bit and then it carried over to Adori and Daquan Hampton and they're battling and it got a little bit more physical and it kind of you know didn't die down. I mean, they, they were really talking. And Hawkins is that guy that he's very protective over what he feels is right. And he did not like what was coming out of Daquan's mouth. And he, I don't think he liked his, I guess, his effort. I, I don't really know the word I want to use here. But he just didn't like the spirit that Daquan was displaying as he was battling a dory, and so Hawkins comes, and then what do we see? We see Hawkins shut down DaQuan, and that's a big mismatch for him.
1: Yeah, and that and from how DaQuan's looked all summer, yeah, it's incredibly impressive. Yep. Yeah, he's he's had some draw issues dropping the football, but besides that, I think you know he's one of their more explosive receivers. Maybe not in terms of speed, but in terms of. You know, playmaking ability. It seems like he's downfield catching passes and and really always making an impact in these things.
2: Yeah. So I bring all this up because I feel like Hawkins brings an attitude. And he's the kind of guy that whether he is starting or just contributing, he'll give them an edge. I think they need a little bit of an attitude, a little bit of an edge.
1: Yeah. I think he's developed into that player too. He's always been that way, but now that he's older, I think he's... He's just confident. Yeah. So. Very good. Were there fisticuffs, by the way? During no. This whole, no. No fisticuffs? Yeah, it was just a lot of verbal warfare. So little trash talk. It was like how we are when the mics turn off.
0: Yeah, but I want fisticuffs.
1: Yeah. When Blair is here.
0: Ah, oh, see, you had to get the Blair digging. Always always digging on Blair. Always digging on Blair. But Blair, would, he's a lover and not a fighter. No. If you just pat him on the head, he gets excited. Anyway, uh, we move on to... We're back
1: up, bro. Connor Spears. Tell us about him. Connor Spears. Yeah. Solid walk-on.
2: Okay, he's another guy who, whether he plays at all, he's going to have a big impact on the team. He's already having it. Right now, he's been their lone tight end yeah. that's been a presence for the last half year on a regular basis. Yeah, Very weird situation. I mean, they've been incredibly unlucky with tight end for a while.
1: Yes. <laughs> right? Well, Okay, I want to jump in here and make a point uh, because I feel like whenever USC recruits a bunch of players at one position, and you know our fans on the message board get a little bit upset. I'll use receiver as a as an example for this. Year. You know why they're recruiting so many receivers? Don't they have enough? Just look at what happened to USC with tight ends. They have you know almost none. All of a sudden, it wasn't long ago when, you know, they took uh, you know, two five-star guys in the same class, um, you know.
2: Xavier Randall? Yeah,
1: and then the, and you then know, the next year it was, uh, well, uh, Junior Palme, oh, a, Junior four, Palme, a yeah. four-star guy. Then Jalen Cope Fitzpatrick, a four-star guy. Now all of a sudden you have four tight ends on the roster that every year, you know, are the number one or number two tight end in California or out west or whatever. And, and people are saying, wow, you know, they're really stacking this position up. Why do they do this? And, all of a sudden, just like that, you know, snap of the fingers. Right. No one's there. You know, you got to trust the coaches sometimes. I just want to jump in and make that yeah. point because hey, it, right. it's so, you know.
2: Well, connor has been knows. tutoring Tyler Petit, he's been tutoring Caleb Wilson, he's been bringing stability with Jalen Copitz Patrick not around. Yeah. And so that's an, another situation which leaves a lot to be answered. I actually talked to a player very recently about him, and I asked about him. He wasn't there. He's been at PRPs, but he hasn't been at all of them, and it's been a little bit odd because everybody's there, yeah. and, and he's still not there. Yeah. And, and he doesn't
1: have one of those, like, I'm a blue shirt, and I might not pay for right. school right now, or I'm not yeah. on campus, and I'm not going to make it there at 7 in the morning. Right, Yeah.
2: Killer McNamara, remember, is, is going to be a blue shirt, and so... Yeah.
1: And I'm also thinking of Clayne Johnston, who yeah. hasn't been around. And,
2: but yeah. but with Taylor, he he's not enrolled, so he is not able to be a part of the the King conditioning. And yeah. then you got Daniel Imatorbebe, who yeah. needs to move to California. So these guys aren't going to be here until fall camp. Yeah, we expect. But with with Connor, he's been trying to hold it down. Um, I was actually going to mention Jalen Hopkins Patrick. So I talked to a, a teammate, and he just said that look, Jalen's got some personal issues going on, and this this teammate actually said there's more to life than football, and he's got to take care of some stuff. And so we hope that he does. We like Jalen. Oh yeah. But right now, it. it I mean, we're it's July, and we really don't know that he'll be there and he'll be ready to go in a month. Yeah. And so with that said, they're going to be trying to, you know, put Taylor McNamara and Tyler Piquet on fast forward. And while Taylor, I would expect, would be able to do that, Tyler's fresh out of high school. Mm-hmm. And so Connor Spears is a guy who he's a walk-on, but he doesn't look the part.
1: No, and the thing I like about him is you know he's from Columbia, and to me that means he's gonna he's not gonna run the wrong route, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, that's important. That's something that you know football coaches
0: look for. Yeah, the great yeah. Marcellus Wiley went to Columbia. Who else went to Columbia? It would, it would be a lot notable. of smart dudes. A lot of smart dudes, but stars, as well. yeah, athletes, star NFL guys. I don't know. I don't well, maybe I'll research that for next week. Well, maybe Connor Spears. Connor Spears, six, six,
2: 255, and. Again, he'll make an impact because he brings, I think, a a presence. He's very mature, very team-oriented and focused. And he might be more of a decoy. You know, it might be a situation where we need a guy to give Taylor a rest. Yeah. Because they have enough weapons. Oh,
1: yeah. USC is never hurting for weapons.
2: They'd love to have an explosive tight end. Connor's not that guy. But he's, uh, he's viable. I think he can play. I think that he can contribute. Um, we have a story up on the site right now that where he, he kind of – it gives you a little bit of a, an inkling as to what he's doing
0: already. You know, Trojansports.com. I, yeah, I think right. I, I need to give myself credit for maturing a little bit. I didn't make any joke about explosive tight end. <laughs> Five weeks ago, I would have jumped now. all over that. <laughs> I think I we're going to go to the board. I Speaking of explosive, fun. let's go to the message board. We cue the fun message board music. We start with Murphy's Law, 83, the gold member. Who will be in the starting spots on the O-line opening day? Do we say opening day for football? That's fine. Yeah. How do you think the rotation will work, and do you think there will be more than six guys in the rotation?
1: Uh, yeah, I think there will be more than six, right? Yeah. you got to kind of change those guys up. They're getting beat up in the trenches a little bit. Um, is he asking for starters? I'll give you my my starting prediction all right uh right tackle i'm gonna say zach banner i'm gonna say he keeps keeps that job uh right guard i'm gonna say damian mama i think uh you know he's kind of the guy there i think he's kind of maturing into the guy there center max turk i think that's obvious left guard toe Lobendon, i think he's the guy there and then chad wheeler left tackle uh, I think Nico Fala is going to get a you know rotated in a little bit this year. Uh, Vianney Tamavau is going to get rotated in if he's not starting. He's probably that one guy that that could take a starting spot that I didn't mention. They have some different options, you know, we could see Chris Brown get in maybe. Uh, who knows what, you know, maybe Chumadoga is so incredible as a freshman that maybe he's even getting in a little bit in the rotation. But I think that's that's uh, starting lineups kind of set. You know, maybe left guard and right guard switch or whatever. But besides that, I think those are the names that are going to be there.
2: Yeah, we might have a really cool battle in fall camp if Wheeler ends up being available to play in that opening game yeah, we could see Gamian Mama and Toa Lovengan and Vianney Tell My Val competing and I don't even know who to pick the two out of three um, it, I feel like they are gonna lean toward Toa in one of those <laughs> spots and in the other two Gamian and Vianney are probably more of a battle but It makes all of them better. The thing that this program was founded on, um, and I saw it up up close and personal with the Pete Carroll era, was competition. You had to be great. You didn't just come in and you won a spot, and maybe you won a spot your sophomore year, and therefore you played for three years. It didn't work like that. You had to win your spot week in and week out. And I saw a lot of people, I saw captains lose their job because they got beat out. So, again, this offensive line is going to have a lot of people involved. You mentioned Nico Fala. I think that he'll be he'll be in there. Um, Khalil Rogers will be. In oh the yeah,
1: that's a name. That's a name that should have been yeah. mentioned.
2: So, I don't think that they want to rotate a whole lot. I think that they would like to get their their five, but because of how good their top six is, I would expect that. You're going to have at least one or two regular reserves. Yeah,
0: definitely.
1: Definitely a position
0: like that. Very nice. Okay, we move on. Bombs over Baghdad. Goldnipper asks, did SC look into any Juco defensive linemen for this upcoming year? And what is the outlook for defensive tackles over the next two classes? Chris Swanson. Swanee.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, they're always looking at Juco guys. Uh, I remember, you know, right before they really got into the camps about a month ago, uh, you know, Josh Allen from Long Beach City College was supposed to be out there. Um, He didn't make it out there. You know, the thing with USC and junior colleges is that a lot of these junior colleges are set up you know, for state schools, to, to get you qualified for a state school. USC has different qualifications. And, you know, while many times, like in regular life, if you or I go to a junior college, we could transfer to USC uh, without issue. You know, we just end up being a class behind maybe. We're technically a freshman instead of a sophomore or whatever it might be, but you can't do that in football. So it kind of gives them a situation, um, you know, where – you're not getting these kids that maybe you know ucla or cal or fresno state can get you know um so right now i wouldn't expect them to sign a junior college uh player uh, it could happen it did happen last year twice it has happened in the past but it's not something i expect for this year maybe next year but i don't expect it there either there are a couple guys though, that they're keeping an eye on josh allen's one um you know there's there's a couple other options they held a junior college camp and there's some good talent out there, but I don't I don't think there's a guy this year that to keep an eye on really. Okay, very
0: good. We move on. Tyler Turner six or tuner six, excuse me. Gold member, any Tyler Vaughn updates. It has been said he is favoring USC, but is major league baseball in the draft a real threat. He also goes on to say, Love your guys' podcast, love the humor and the information. Thank you so much,
1: fight on. Oh that's like the first compliment we've ever gotten on the podcast. Ever. <laughs> ever. Tyler Vaughn's uh, is committing at the end of August uh, to a college. We expect him to pick USC. Uh, I think that Major League Baseball isn't really a threat. I don't see him being such a big time prospect for baseball that you know he's tempted to to not go to college to play both sports, which he could play, you know, or just football, whatever. Um, so right now, I'm thinking SC. He's gonna commit soon, and I don't think baseball is gonna happen for him, at least not at this moment. Is he gonna do a video? He won't do a video. He doesn't seem like a video kid. Nah. Nah.
2: But he's coming USC.
1: Yes. There you
0: go. Marty S. C. Psych, our old friend. Gold member, am I correcting the assumption that David Wong out of Loyola? is now seriously considering SC as an option despite the earlier comments, both from him and articles I've read that intimated he was much more interested in other programs. Thanks for your input.
1: Yeah, um, you you know, Marty's very right. Uh, Dave Long's interest has been increasing. We touched on that earlier in the podcast. We've touched on that in a few articles recently. Um, Basically, what happened was that he got that scholarship offer late. His interest started to grow. He made it to campus for a visit. He talked with Peter Sermon, Keith Hayward, um, he can, His interest continues to grow now. Four weeks from now, he's making a commitment, and SC's very much in it. I wouldn't call them the favorite right now, but I think they have a very, very good chance of signing David Long You know, when the time comes for him to sign a letter of intent. So, yes, things have been going in a very positive direction for David Long and USC, but right now, he's not... We're not feeling the same way about him as we are about Tyler Vaughn's. I'll just put it that way. Hey, Marty's back with another one. Okay. If you
0: had to guess, are there any surprise recruits that may eventually commit signed with SC that are below
1: the radar at the present time? They're below the radar. Uh oh, that's a tough well, one.
2: What? Maybe one of these running backs.
1: Yeah, you know, like a Devon Peniman. That's a, or Romelo Harris. Uh, mm-hmm. That's those are good uh, good mentions right off the bat you know yeah because they kind of took care of tight end I was, i'm trying to think of positions where they have holes and it seems like they've really filled them up uh nicely uh yeah that that's where i would th- i would think a romelo harris would be a guy that i but would think
2: not under our radar
1: no no i mean but nobody's under our radar adam i mean like come we on. we try we we write about all these kids Constantly, so that's yeah. why we are the power of trojansports.com. Exactly, the greatest website ever made,
0: ever, <laughs> ever, yeah, ever? Ever, ever. Chicago Trojan fan asks, "How much do you believe Dominic Davis can contribute? Possibly kickoffs or punts." I, I love this idea.
1: You, you want to go? I think he can do it. Yeah, because he's shifting, well, he's he he fast, it. and like yeah, that's all he needs to be. And so, freshmen can do it. And why not?
2: All year last year. We were waiting for George Farmer to return kickoffs. Yeah. It just seemed very natural, and he never got to do it. And Adore did wonderful. I'm, I'm not, it's not even like a Dory was miscast. But we were waiting for Farmer to, to take on that role and then maybe have a Dory return more punts. Anyway, Dominic Davis looks like the kind of guy who can do either one.
1: Yeah. I, I hope that they put him there. Me too. Well, I yeah. told you who he reminds me of, right? And I think last week. Desmond Reed? Desmond Reed. Yeah. that's Very good kick returner. Yes, he was until the, you know, the long grass, mm. unfortunately. You can't go a sentence mentioning Desmond Reed without talking right. about that grass. But I think Dom Davis could be that. You know, that's just what those guys are built for, man. Yeah. It's like put him in space with the ball in their hands and something interesting is going to happen. Pinball. I'm calling yeah. him a pinball. He, he is like a pinball.
0: That's what
2: I'm calling him that. Okay, there
0: you go, and that will do it for our questions from the message board, and that means it'll do it for our after the dark, uh, excuse me, after dark edition, of the Trojansports.com podcast. Boys, we it made a, it. It was a tradition unlike any other.
1: I think it was a little bit dirtier this time too. In the in the true what after was dark, what are you talking there's about? There's some jokes that were a little bit inappropriate, right? In a true after dark tradition. And I feel like there's always joke. The, the jokes. Yeah. That okay. Never mind. That's yeah. just us. You guys are both in it. That's just us. Yeah, when Blair was here, it wasn't like that at all, right?
2: There um, was no humor.
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. yeah, well, that's why I was brought in to uh, to help. It was a little dry at times. Adam's just just laying it out there, just like yeah, that podcast we used to do. Whew, forget that. Yeah,
0: he's swinging it. He's swinging it. That's okay. I love Blair as a host. I I love Blair. I love him as a co-host. He he's a co-host well, with me. That, a, oh yeah. Okay. Sorry. Not a full blown host. Well. Okay. Now that we're done talking about Blair for some reason, <laughs> at B Google you can follow him. Uh, tomorrow night, Tuesday night, he will have all your All-Star Game tweets, I'm sure, him being the baseball yeah. fan that he is. So you might want to follow him. He doesn't really tweet much. He doesn't tweet much, I know. Yeah. But if you want all the West Coast recruiting animals. <laughs> right, he'll do that. He'll give you <laughs> he that. He does <gives laughs> <his laughs> uh, Adam J. Maya, follow him on Twitter, at Adam J. Maya. Now, he'll tweet about Giants baseball. Too. Well, uh, true, uh, and every USC Trojans uh, fan always loves Giants baseball. They go hand in hand, <laughs> exactly. And Chris Peace wants to the publisher of TrojanSports.com, That's right. and I don't tweet, so I'm at CMM
1: Spectrum. <laughs> I don't tweet much either.
0: Great, so don't follow, <laughs> any, <laughs> don't follow of us. <laughs> any of us at all. Forget <laughs> it. <laughs> what is the USC? Yeah, what is the Trojan? Yeah, sports? follow that
1: one at USC underscore rivals. There we go at USC underscore that rivals. one tweets. That does follow, tweet. Follow that, that one. Okay. That so there one. you go. <laughs> that Thank you for
0: listening to a bunch of guys that don't tweet The uh, <laughs> <laughs> this, is edition, this week's edition of the Trojansports.com podcast. We'll see you next week. We're still going to figure out the day, but Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, we'll figure it out. Something. Yeah. Say Loyola real quick as we go out. Loyola. Loyola. There we go. I got it. He got it. Got it. Way. But
1: Loyola's offensive line <laughs> is terrible. That's the joke I was trying to make earlier. Good night, everyone.
0: Well... You know what really grinds my gears? Nobody's come up with a new priest and a rabbi joke in like 30 years, you know?